Welcome to the One Player Podcast, the show on solitaire board games. I'm your host, Albert, and this is episode 185. Is that a tank in your pocket, or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> hey, Julius, that, that was good. Thank you, Albert. I appreciate it. I'm always happy to have your approbation for my jokes as we get started in the evening. Yep. <laughs> How are you doing this week? I'm doing quite well, doing quite well. Just uh, hanging out in the cold. I know that my school just started an extra exercise thing, and my kids have me cycling endlessly around the block to do it. Oh gosh, they made wait. The, they make the parents exercise for school. Uh, it's a family thing. You have to log your miles and stuff like that. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, I like it. My daughter would appreciate that if, if we had to exercise for her. <laughs> no, we all have to do as a family. Well, so today, uh, as you hinted, we we're talking about a game called Pocket Landships. It is a... Boats? Airplanes? Tanks. You're welcome. Early... <laughs> so, yeah. So, tanks, I think when they first were invented, they were called landships. They didn't, before they came up with the name tanks. So this is, like, really early. Like, um, I think Winston, Winston Churchill actually got them developed. I don't think he did the actual work, but he was important and pivotal and all that. And back then, they were called landships. And so, this is a game designed by Scott Allen Shiz, I think is how it's pronounced. And it is published by word forge games so so as we hinted this is a game about tanks and it's early 20th century i th- i think it's actually steampunk because the tanks here especially if you're looking at the box there's the giant spider mech in the background so i'm relatively confident that it is not historical so i wouldn't put it in any specific time period. well it, but it is set in a time period it's set in the during the war, and I think it's during the Great War or somewhere between First and Second World War, and, and they kind of but they call it the War of Europe. Like it's made up. Yeah, it is. It it isn't exactly steampunk. You're right. I mean, it is steampunk because the mechs are steam powered, but these new landships that that they have developed to take out the mechs are diesel powered. So it's a little bit diesel punk, a little steampunk, a little bit. I don't know. And the time period is also very vague. It, it looks. Somewhat World War One, some World War Two. So I guess you know, I, I like placing things in somewhere in the timeline. So yeah, so that's what the game. It's sort of, I think of it sort of like Ogre, in that you got this uh, giant tank and everybody's fighting the tank. It's sort of like that, but not at all. It's not a giant tank, but you got mechs. So you told us what it's sort of like, but not at all. <laughs> Maybe you should just get started with the tell us a bit more about the gameplay then. Okay, well let's uh before we do the gameplay, let's talk about the components. Ah yes, good point. Mm-hmm. So components this it's a tiny game it comes in a tiny little box i mean it's like it's like the size of a like a small a tiny epic game uh, half as tall but yes that that big a box but just half as tall it's tall enough for 16 millimeter dice to fit in there <laughs> so it's pretty small so it's it really is a tiny game it's gonna have a bunch of cards and a bunch of dice it's gonna bring six dice that you roll and another 12 or so that uses to keep track of health um, then a bunch of cards. You can have three cards. Well, there's a bunch of cards to represent your tank, but you only ever play with three. And then there's a bunch of cards to represent the different enemies you're fighting, but you're only ever using nine in a game, at least in the solo game. Um, besides that, there's a couple other cards, uh, a commander for your tank, and some upgrades that you could get every time you kill two of the en- two of the enemy mechs and so- things like that. The the dice are really nice. They're per per lesson dice. There's 16 and 12 millimeter dice. The the 16 ones are the ones you roll for the damage. The 12 millimeter dice are the health track. 
the the cards are super thick. I have never seen cards like this. These are not cards. These are like more like thin player mats or something. They're so thick. <laughs> it it is ridiculously thick. I, I <laughs> the first time you see me like wow, what's going on here? I think I got two or three cards stuck together, but no, they're just really really thick. Um, which is super cool. Upset I, because they're so thick and stiff, they're kind of hard to sort through them. Uh, they're not bad for shuffling. Even like if I'm shuffling nine cards, it's pretty easy with these because they're so thick. But just kind of looking through, I'm trying to find a specific card or something before I start the game. It's a, it's a little too much for that. Um, so those are your components, and besides that, you get a rule book. Um, let's so let's talk about the rule book a little, right? The it's a small book, obviously it's a small box. Well, what did you think about the art and the graphic design on it too? I like it. I like the art on the the cards of um, all these mechs and all the steam-powered stuff and, and the troops with their really tall hats and whatnot. It looks really nice. It's very well done. And it's very thematic. I like the the layout of everything. It's, it's easy to read and easy to use. It works really well. Yeah, I, I wanted to bring out specifically, I, I mentioned that because I agree with essentially what you're saying. I think that a game of this size, they have to put a lot of information on them out of space and still make it look very nice. And the graphic design that they've picked is very clear, easy to read at a glance, while still packing that information in. It doesn't seem dense, but they've really put a lot of information in such a small amount of space and still made all the art really pop. They've done everything they can to help make sure the art shows up clearly and helps evoke the sense of this land battle that you're making. And I wanted to just specifically call it and commend how they were able to put all that together. Yeah, absolutely. I only wish the art could be bigger <laughs> sometimes because cause it's really cool pictures, but they're, they're pretty tiny on there. If and, only they had done it in terror-sized cards. There you go, yeah. Or really, really big cards, like eight and a half by 11 size, letter-sized cards. <laughs> I think even terror-sized cards would have been a better idea for it just to give... Like it's, I, I assume that it's a large size art. I've no idea what size art they commissioned for it, but the art is really nice. It would have been nice if they could have had more space dedicated to it, but it is what it is. Yeah, and it's not bad the way it is. I'm just, you know, saying if, if I could ask for anything, that that would be neat. If I... So that's the components. The rule book, like we're talking, we're starting to talk about that. It's very small rule book. They're they're pretty short. There's not a whole lot to play in this game, but they are they. There are things missing, and the, the questions get left unanswered sometimes. And I think that's just, you know, it just it could have probably used a little bit more editing. The but the game is simple enough that it's not a big deal. You're you're basically rolling some dice every turn, allocating them to to wherever, and then doing some damage. The confusion is sometimes like terms on the cards. Uh, one that came up, it says, you know, assign damage to the front center mech. The front sign damage to the front left mech. Um, I've noticed that some cards don't say front in, in a couple cases. Does that mean it could do any mech or not? It just says assign damage to any target. When you set up the game, you've lined them up in, in three rows initially, and only the first row is visible. Sometimes uh, your enemies can move back and they stay face up. At least I think they do. It's not clear in the rules, I guess. But can you still target them or are they totally unavailable? And that, that is just not answered in the question. There's other things like that that are just not answered in the questions. In the rules, I'm sorry. That's just not answered in the rules. So so it's a little bit confusing, but if you go to BGG, the designer does come on and answer questions, I think. Otherwise, it, it's such a simple game, there's not a lot to it. The way you play, 
I'll go ahead and jump into it. Unless you want to say anything else about the rulebook, Julie. I don't think so, no. Mm, okay. So the way you play, you're going to get three cards for your tank. One one is the hull, one is the cannon on top, and then another card that's either a side cannon, or it's called a sponson, or shock troops that are going to be running along your tank with your tank. Um, each of these cards, you could when you're fighting, you get to roll dice for those cards. So that to each do attacks or potentially other stuff like healing. Then you're gonna set up your three cards. You there's a default cards that it recommends to play with. Each of those are easy to spot because the title's underlined on the cards. You just find all the underlined cards and you use those the first time you play. If you want to, you could change them out and try different cards. There's different tanks. There's like you start with a Mark II. There's a Mark One, a Mark Three, Mark Four, that sort of thing. Same instead of uh. The Sponsons, you could have Shock Troops instead. Sponsons is some sort of side gun mounted on your tank. Or you could have, like I said, the troops. You could choose which one of those two you want to play with. And I think there's a couple different cards there too. And then again, for the cannon on the top, you have a few different cards to choose from. Then you're going to also get a couple cards. You can get a random commander card, or you could choose it. I tend to just always take one randomly, just make it more interesting for me that way. The commander is going to give you a one-time ability in the game. So at some point in, during the game, you can discard the commander card. There's also a driver card that's optional. If you want to use it, you could pick one of the two driver cards and have it in the game. Again, that's going to help you some. That's something you want to do if you're finding the game too hard. Then there's also the enemies. You're going to play with nine enemies. Again, they're underlined, so you could find those nine default starting enemies. Or you could mix it up and match and, and use any combinations of enemies you want. But you're going to go ahead and shuffle up the ones you're playing with, those nine that you've picked out. And you're going to put three in the front across, face up, and behind those, two more rows with three in each. Once you've done that, oh, then you're going to put the, the little small dice, the red dice, on the on all the cards, all your tank cards, as well as all the enemies, to whatever their starting value is. And it's very clear on the card. That's how much damage that card could take before it's destroyed. Once you have done that, you start by rolling dice. You're going to roll three dice, one for each of your three cards, and then you're going to allocate those dice on those cards any way you see fit. Each card has six possible things it could do, numbers from one to six, and whichever die you put in the card, whatever number's on that die, that determines what that card does this turn. So you want to look at all your possibilities and your enemies and figure out what you think is the best choice and line up the dice in your cards in the way you want, and then take those actions. The actions are generally, you get to attack and do damage. It might tell you specifically which position to attack, or it might let you attack anywhere. Most of the time you're doing one damage, sometimes you get to do two damage, which is nice. The cards can also heal themselves, or another card. It's not called heal, it's called repair, I'm sorry. And the other thing you could do, uh, that they generally do is, especially the hull has special abilities like you could have it uh, spend a turn avoiding getting hit so so all, all attacks on the hull are misses. Or there's another one, I forget what it's called, but you, you're basically saving that die for the next round if you roll a five, at least on the hull I've been using. The next round you could roll two dice or roll one extra dice and choose which three you're going to use out of the four you rolled. So it's a nice ability to, you know, to get something better. So... You're going to take your turn, you're going to do all your stuff with the three dice that you picked, and then the enemy goes, you'll roll three dice for those three cards in the front. Those always get allocated, lowest number on the left card, the center card gets a middle number, and the right card gets the highest number. They do their damage, and you repeat. 
You keep doing that until you destroy one of the enemy cards. At that point, you move it out. Cards behind it move forward so that there's always three cards in the front row. And and you keep playing. If the game is going to go like this until there's only three enemies left, at that point, you're in the... That's like, like the final rounds of combat. The, you know, you're at a death match and you're at a point where it, the fight's getting really close. Nobody's backing up. You no longer could heal. The enemy could no longer heal. You just keep fighting until either you or the enemies are destroyed. I have never made it past this point. <laughs> I find this hard. Never won? I have yet to win. I've played almost nine times and I have yet to win. I, I'm getting close, but it just hasn't happened yet. Um, hmm. Have you tried to make the game? I mean, the game does include the ability to make things easier or harder. Have you tried doing that? No, no, I have not tried that yet. And, and we'll get to that in a moment. The, the one last thing I want to say about how the game works is your last two things. Once you have killed two mechs, you have a deck of six advantage cards. You could, uh, when you kill two mechs, draw two, choose one to keep and discard the other. And these are cards, again, you could use once and discard, and then give you some bonus. You get to draw these two cards every time you've killed two more mechs. Uh, potentially, up, you're going to get up to three cards during the game. And, and it can be pretty handy. It'll do things like maybe let you re-roll or cancel some damage or paralyze an enemy card so it can't do anything for one turn, different things. The other thing worth mentioning is that to lose the game, either your hull or your cannon have to be destroyed. If your response and slash shock troops, if that card is eliminated, you keep playing, you just roll one die less. But if either of your two cards is eliminated, the game ends completely and you've lost. And that's what happens to me every single time. So yeah, so that's how the gameplay works. Does it make sense now, Julius? I know you said you read the rules and it wasn't always all that clear. I think that does make more sense, but it just sounds... To me, that sounds relatively basic, and I'm not understanding what the draw of the additional... Where's, where's the decision points in the game, then? It is. It's very tactical. I don't think there's a lot of deep, long-term strategy in the game. Though maybe that's why I keep losing. I don't know. But, you know, a lot of times, it's, it's <laughs> relatively obvious where where you want to... What value, what, I'm sorry. It's relatively obvious which dice you want to place on each of your cards for, to determine what they do. If, you're, if your cannon is taking a lot of damage... You really need to put a the die, uh, a die to heal on there, right? If, like for example, I think the cannons I've been using, you need a six to to heal the cannon. Well, if I rolled a six, I'm going to put it on that cannon so it could heal. You know, it's just the best way to go. And other than that, generally, I'm going to try and do the most damage or focus my damage on a specific enemy, that sort of thing, if I can. So it does become kind of obvious. But again, th there are strategy because the different enemies work a little different. Since you always, some enemies are stronger than others. Each one has a number in the top corner. It could be anything from like one through, I don't know, I think six is the highest I've seen. And it could even be a 3.3, for example. The higher the number, the tougher that enemy is considered. So you may want to work on destroying a specific enemy because it's out. Uh, there's other things you could try and, there's other things you could do potentially, though rarely, is depending where the enemy is in the three columns, you may want to target one column or the other. Certain enemies seem to have a lot of... Uh, sometimes when you roll the die, one of the results is no action. It didn't do anything. It didn't hit anything. If, if you notice an enemy has those in the low numbers, then you probably want that card to be on the left. Because when you roll the three dice, the lowest number is always going to go in the leftmost column. 
So, so if you have any control over that, you want to potentially put those enemies on the left side or eliminate the ones that are less likely to roll uh, no action so somebody else can move into its place. So there, there definitely is some strategy in all that. What I just find it fun. It's pretty quick. Each turn goes by really fast. The the choices are, you know, you, you think about it and make a choice, but it still goes pretty quick and it's relatively light and you're doing damage. And it's just as simple as the game is, it is surprisingly fun. What I found was interesting, I kept playing and playing. And, you know, I told you that there's a default recommended set of cards to use the first times you play. I kept using those ones over and over and over, thinking I'm going to keep doing this until I've lost, and then I'm going to start until I've won, and then I'm going to mix it up. Well, the other day I played, and um, I lost, and I set the game aside, and a couple hours later I'm going to play again. I pulled the box out, and I couldn't find two of the enemy cards anywhere. <laughs> I kept thinking, oh, maybe they're stuck together because these thick cards, again, they're hard to, to sort through. And I, I kept looking through them. I ended up counting all my cards, making sure everything was there. I, I tore my desk apart trying to find it. Nothing. I finally said, okay, I, I don't know. They're gone. Um, maybe they'll show up at some of the cards how different the game felt all of a sudden these enemies well, i mean that's one of the methods that they use for adjusting yes. difficulty is to increase or decrease the total strength of the enemy cards so presumably you decrease the total strength and i didn't win any better <laughs> i still oh. the, the the i picked two specific enemies infantry that they tend to when those two cards are out both of them like if i roll some number on those cards it'll heal all the infantry and I had them both at the same time, so I kept like doing damage, and then they come back a lot to, because I just kept rolling badly. I guess. <laughs> so even though, generally speaking, they're easier enemies, it, luck wasn't with me that game. And I did this, and I said, wow, this was a lot of fun, just mixing it up and having different enemies that I'm used to, and also just doing it randomly without knowing what, what I'm throwing in there from the beginning. You know, I find out when they show up. So what you're saying is that it's highly replayable, even though there's so little cards. It feels very different with my Exactly, changes. yes. And the same, you could change your tank cards. Most of the ch cards, the ch the difference seems to be relatively minimal. I don't know about most. Some of the ones I looked at, but the, but it is there, and it does change your strategy a bit. Um, and incidentally, I did find those two missing cards a little later. They had fallen over by the front door, and my cat was playing with them <laughs> when my wife spotted the cards. Wow. I'm glad at least none of your cards were lost. Seriously. <laughs> no, yeah, I've heard you had some bad luck. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that another week. Um, so that that's the game. Like I said, I it works really well. It's really fun. It is super easy to play. But every time I played it, I've, I've had a good time with. It, even though I, I haven't won, there's also a campaign in the game. It's a, a six. I was about uh, to ask you, have you gone through the campaign mode? I have not tried it yet. Again, I'm trying to finish, beat the game once. And then I'll try the campaign. That, I like doing it that way. Looking at the solo, uh, looking at the campaign mode here, it seems like the campaign mode starts off easier and mm -hmm. gets harder. So you may actually want to try the campaign mode to try and help develop some strategies. And that might make sense, yeah, because in the the first campaign game, you only have six enemies. I've defeated six enemies plenty of times, so I probably could do it without much trouble. But and yet, you know, I, I want to keep trying and keep trying and keep trying because I'm stubborn and hard headed until I finally beat the game, and then I'll try the campaign. <laughs> I never would believe that of you, Albert. 
So, you know, at some point I might say, okay, I've had enough. I need an easier game. And again, yeah, I could also change out the enemies and deliberately take out some of the higher value cards and replace them with lower value cards that are that should be easier. So how often over the course of the game do you find yourself having to stop and consider your moves? Every, I mean, every time you roll the three dice, you got to decide where to allocate them. So every, every time I roll, I have to think, which dice does it make sense to put in each spot? Because, uh, for example, let's just say I roll a two, and I look at my three cards. The two doesn't work in the middle one, but it works in either of the other two cards. I say, okay, well, put the two on the left. And I check out the next die, and I say, that's a five. Um, let me see. The five makes more sense on the right, which leaves me putting a three in the middle. And I say, oh, the three in the middle is no good. So now i got to kind of change it around again. So you kind of play with it until you find something that does work. And it doesn't take long. It's only three dice and three cards. But still something you can do every time. Do you feel that your success or your defeat is because of bad dice roll or because of bad decisions? Um, I don't think it's necessarily bad decisions. I don't think I have learned all the strategies yet. They're, like the position of the enemies, I've only just really, really figured that in the last couple games. And the last couple games, I have started gaining closer to the end every time where I'm left with like just two or three cards left versus five. Like at the first few games, I never made it to the final battle or that, that final round where there's three or less enemies. So, I mean, it, it skill is evolving, but there's all, there definitely is a, there is a lot of luck. You're rolling three dice and hoping that they're always... Um, I can't imagine there's a ton of strategy in this. Again, it's a simple game, but but I do believe there's definitely more that I just haven't figured out. Uh, the game also, it was nominated for the Golden Geek Award in 2017, but I do not believe it won. But just the fact that it got nominated, you know. Oh, there's a free trial version available too. There is. That's the original print and play. Mm-hmm. And is that still available? It seems to, it might be. It is still available, yes. that's I downloaded it to play it just to, ah, to, to quite have the time. Okay. Oops. So to play, you just got to print out a, a couple sheets of cards, I imagine. I don't imagine you would need more than two sheets and then just apply a bunch of dice. I don't see anything here about the award. And I don't know how to find awards on this. I have cast because I've seen a lot of people commenting that they felt that this possibly it should have gone in the comments on components. But I've seen a lot of people who comment that they don't necessarily like using dice to keep track of damage that they would have preferred a set of tokens. What's your thoughts on that? The, yeah, the, I mean, the dice can be a little bit fiddly. Today, I was when I was playing... I would adjust my damage down one, and on the next round I went to heal, and I realized that instead of lowering it from five to four, I had somehow changed it from five to two, and hadn't even realized I did that. So I mean, there's definitely opportunity to be a little fiddly there. Also, because you're playing on a small area, um, if you're rolling the dice in the middle of your game, there, there's always a chance you can hit those dice markers and knock them around. So I do think the dice can be a little bit annoying, but they're not too bad, honestly, and. You know, they're really nice looking dice, so so I do enjoy seeing them on there. I think that they definitely look better than if I had tokens on there. And if if you had tokens instead of those 12 little dice, they'll probably end up taking a lot more space. They'll make the game bigger. And this game is really small and portable. So, yeah, I, I am I am happy Very with the neat. dice. I wouldn't change them. Very neat. So you're, you're, you do recommend it in the end, is that correct? I do, absolutely. I'm, I'm very happy with this game. Simple to learn, simple to play. Quick and fun. Sounds good. I know that I've seen it going a couple of times getting posted up on the uh, Traded Forward uh, on the Guild, and I've seen it get snapped up really fast on each occasion. So, mm-hmm. 
everybody wants to try it out. Yeah, it's a nice little game. Definitely, definitely recommend giving it a try if you if you see if you, if you see it, you get a chance. All right. Well, thank you very much, everyone. We appreciate you coming by to listen to us. Have a good night. Good night, all. Thanks for listening. We love feedback, so we love hearing from you. You can reach me at Julius at OnePlayerPodcast.com or JLBird on BGG. And Albert can be reached at Albert at OnePlayerPodcast.com or Fractalude on BGG. Our website is OnePlayerPodcast.com with the number one, and we're also on Twitter at OnePlayerPodcast. The intro music is copyright Angus, can be found at Gemendo.com. The transition music is copyright by Dan Elduce Pancaldi, whose page is at DanPancaldi.com. The One Player Podcast is protected under a Creative Commons share-like license. Thanks for listening.